0: And one of the things I've learned over time is that truly for us just to recognize that showing up whole and being more of who we want to be for the world and what God has called us to be and tuning into our calling in the workplace sometimes is enough. We don't need to do more or be more or believe into these things that I have to be a certain title or a level to contribute to someone across the table from me or alongside of me.
1: Welcome to the 9 to 5 podcast, conversations with Christians about lives of faith, integrity, and excellence at work. They are from Christians in Commerce, a ministry supporting and encouraging men and women to be Christ in the workplaces. We hope you enjoy this episode. This episode features Tammy Krings, owner and president of the Conversations That Matter. Tammy was one of our lightning talks during our co-workers in Christ gathering on October 5th, 2018.
0: So my story of being significant in the workplace and to have faith and to find that significance and living in a place where I can put aside my distractions and be more of who I really want to be started about 20 years ago or so. So I had read a lot of books about these high achievers who do this crazy thing about waking up in the morning at like five o'clock and being able to go for a run, and then they sit, and they journal, and then they read devotionals, and they spent all this time up front. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And so literally, on my goals, every December, I wrote down, I want to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And it took me about three years before I figured out how to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. But I was persistent about it. And in doing that, And practicing that, it has completely shifted how I show up. And so this actually I want to share with you some practical ways I've put into place of how to do that. Because I believe that life can be really messy. And we are faced with a lot of new distractions in our workplace today than we ever really were before. Even before I started coming on the scene in my career. And what I mean by that is we're faced with a calendaring problem where we have to figure out how to spend our time and who's gonna take our time throughout the workplace, and who's gonna invite me to the next meeting. And then I have to keep sorting through what's a priority for me today. And so knowing that, we get to be in charge of how we wanna spend our time. Because I believe that when you are able to look at your calendar as a set of priorities, you're really putting your best use of yourself to work. And so what we know to be true is that if you you can't do the big things, if you're distracted by the small things. And what I mean by the small things is everything from meetings and what we're trying to focus on at work to being more of who you really are at work. Because I'm a big believer that we need, that our greatest work is to connect, not to correct. And many times we see people who step into manager roles or leader roles and it's about correcting how things should be done versus connecting with our people and we're seeing great strides in being able to fully connect to get more of what we know to be potential in our people and bring that to life. And that is some of our best work. And so how did I figure out how to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to um, not let the distractions overrun me? I create a morning ritual. And for me, this is that practice of silence. And my ritual looks something like the alarm goes off and I hit snooze a few times. I finally get up, go for my run or go to yoga or do some stretching. And then I sit down with my coffee and my journal and my devotional and my Bible. And on a good day, that takes about 23 minutes. On a not-so-good day where I feel rushed, it probably takes seven. But it's the best seven minutes of my day. Because when I get centered, I can be the center for other people. And that's what our, our real work is about. And so the questions that I used, and I had to find my own way on this, just to create my own ritual, was to always start with gratefulness. So what am I grateful for today? And on some of those days it's really hard to dig deep even though we know what some of our greatest work is. What am I grateful for? And then secondly, where am I needed most today? Do I really need to be in that meeting? Do I really need to be having lunch with that person? Do I really need to be rather with my spouse, my husband, or with my kids, looking at my whole day, Do I need to make a phone call to somebody that I know needs to hear from me? Where am I really needed most? The third question, how do I wanna show up? Which I think is critically important. to setting the tone of how do I want to be versus what do I want to do? So getting away from our to-do list and shifting into how do we wanna be with people today? And then our last question is where can I contribute the most? And one of the things I've learned over time is that truly, for us just to recognize that showing up whole and being more of who we wanna be for the world and what God has called us to be and tuning into our calling in the workplace sometimes is enough. We don't need to do more or be more or believe into these things that I have to be a certain title or a level to contribute to someone across the table from me or alongside of me. And so these were my grounding questions to start my journey. And many times, it was a matter of just opening the book and letting the words speak to me, as well as starting to write my book in terms of how do I really want to live my life and be of significance rather than being caught up in being significant. Do you hear the shift? To be of significance to somebody that really needs me. So there's some... Um, interesting things that happen at work, right? Today, more than even 20 years ago. And hopefully this doesn't look like your staff meeting, but it's something that we fight all the time. And I have a lot of clients that I say, you get to be at choice. You get to choose how you wanna be with your people. You don't have to allow that laptop to be up during a staff meeting. And what happens is in these moments, we're not setting the stage for how we know they can bring more meaning and purpose to their work. We hide behind busy. And I see that so common. We hide behind busy, we say we got stuff to do, we have to be responsive, because if I don't respond, and then, you know, then I'm not of value. (laughs) Versus being of value to the very people that you share that space with. And so we do a couple different things. One of them is that we have a basket. So I call it the device discipline basket. And how this came about is I was leading a team effectiveness session and we had a break and a gal by the name of Jill looked at her phone and all of a sudden I could see the mood change. And she put her phone down and decided in the moment to share what she read from a text or an email and it shifted the whole mood of the room. And I thought to myself, aha, I don't have to let that happen anymore. There's gotta be a better way. And so I brought a basket from home, and the next session I said you have permission to be present with the people in this room today. You have the greatest work you will do is to dedicate your time with us so we can learn from you and be with you. And so we started a culture, and people that know me come in, they literally ask. Mason just asked me on Wednesday, where's the basket? I said it's over there. We filled the basket so we could be present with the people in the room. Because people aren't looking to be connected there. They're looking to be connected here. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be the connection point. We are starving for connection. We are craving connection now more than ever. Another like on Facebook, another text message that says you were so awesome, that's all good. But what we really want is eyeball-to-eyeball, eyeball touch-to-touch, heart-to-heart. And that's what God wants us to do. That is what he's called each of us to do, is to bring that life into the workplace, to park the phones, and to be here, be here now. And so I believe that we can be that light but we have to put some boundaries in place. We have to put something in place like a basket or parking the phone so that we can really be with each other. There's some new research coming out by an organizational psychologist by the name of Adam Grant, who I've been following, and he talks about mattering. And what that means is that we all want to matter. We all want to know that we've done something significant in our life and that we've been of significance. And for those of us that are leaders and managers, our opportunity is to show people how they matter and there's three ways to do that. Number one, we want to be noticed. Just acknowledge me. Let me not be another number or another person in a cubicle. Number two, we want to be cared for. We want to be nurtured. It's not that hard to remember someone's anniversary work date and to write them a card and say thank you for being here and contributing to your highest level. And number three, we wanna be relied upon. Does my work matter? Is my absence really important? Is my presence really important? How am I being here? And how does that contribute to the work we get to do together and what we get to create? And so this is what I see every morning when I sit in my prayer chair. I have a little picture that says, Be still and know that I am God. And some mornings, it's really hard to sit still because I get distracted. I have those other temptations. But in the stillness, I know I find the answers. And it finds my guide so I can be a guide for other people. So, my invitation to you is to think about how will they know you were there? How will they know? that you had a part in their life at work and what you call them to do. Let's do this together. Thank you.
1: If you want to get off on the right foot each morning, you probably want to check out Christians in Commerce Workday emails. They're short and informative, sent to your inbox early in the morning. Wake up to stories and insights about people transforming their workplace. These daily workday emails inspire and encourage us in living out God's mission where we spend 60% of our waking hours at work. Sign up today by going to workingforourfather.com. All these resources are freely available without any financial charge. If you've benefited, would you join with us by supporting this shared work? To donate, go to bit.ly/supportcic. That's bit.ly/supportcic. The second part of this episode features one of our Christ at Work stories, an individual's personal experience that illustrates a life of faith, integrity, and excellence being lived out in the workplace. Today's story comes from Craig McLean.
2: My life's journey is one that has taken me into the marketplace for many, many years. Um, it was fall of 2015, and I found myself at a really interesting crossroads, a time of incredible focus had just ended, spent seven years. Being part of a team that built just an amazing life sciences company, traveled all over the world for years building this company, and it was just an incredible journey. It was also a time of incredible distraction, distraction that had taken me away from the things that had become really important to me in my life. Sharing the love of Christ with those that I worked with, I'd gotten a little bit too busy, a little bit too engaged, a little bit too distracted. We were at church on Sunday morning when the pastor shared a sermon entitled, The Fifth Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Me. And I realized that one of those seeds that had been planted in the early 90s when I'd come to Christ, who's your man, what's your plan? I didn't have a man. I didn't have a plan. I wasn't intentionally praying for these divine relationships. Now, when I say the word evangelism, if you're like the rest of of the groups that come together like this, probably 10% would go, yes, I love evangelism. And probably 90% go, ooh, evangelism. Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about how hard evangelism is. So I came out of that Sunday morning service, and I realized, no man, no plan. Sat down that afternoon, Lord, forgive me. Help me get back on track. And I started to write down names, handful of names. And I started to pray faithfully, each day, for those names. It was about two weeks. Young man comes to my door. I'd hired him about six months earlier. He knocked on the door. Can I talk to you? He was a sales guy. How many of you, sales management experience? Can I talk to you means I want to raise or I'm quitting. Going to go one of those two ways 99% of the time. So this young man walks into the office, and he says... "Uh, you know, I've watched you for the last few months, and you've just got something about you that I don't understand. There's a peace, there's a confidence, there's, there's a settling in you. He so said, I grew up really in a very dysfunctional family. I've never read the Bible, don't know what it is. I've never been in a church. And I'm just wondering, would you teach me? I went, wow, this is evangelism, this is hard. <laughs> This is hard. I thought about it. Lord, what would you, no, I'm kidding. I said, absolutely, I'd love to teach you. We started on a journey um, into the book of John. We got together once a week over lunch. It was the fall of the year. We sat out in a park. It was just absolutely splendid. By the time we got to that 6th, 7th, 8th chapter in John where there's this beautiful tension, we see Jesus forcing you to decide, who am I? When this young man prayed to receive Christ, we finished the journey through the book of John, he got a new job, moved to New York, and we stay in touch today. So I guess the, uh, the lesson, couple lessons came out of that. Number one, as we go about doing our work, be intentional, don't get distracted, keep the main thing the main thing. And number two, um, the guy that had mentored me many years in my life, It always said to me, and uh, it's good advice, never talk to a man about God until you've talked to God about the man. And it is so true. The the picture we have of evangelism is oftentimes upside down. If we're just faithful with a little, write the name down, just pray for that opportunity. God will open the door in a way that is natural and it's right and it will produce fruit. He owns the results. We just need to show up and be faithful.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast. You'll want to check out our website at workingforourfather.com. It's constantly being updated with new content to support you and others in living your faith at work.